Welcome to episode 25 of Constructing Comics, a comic podcast building comic stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we are going to discuss the landmark issue, Detective Comics 1000. This is your spoiler alert for Detective Comics 1000. If you don't want to be spoiled, pause the podcast and come back after you've read the comic. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Noah. Hey there. Noah, why don't you uh, lead us off with some initial thoughts, and then we'll sort of go through the issue uh, story by story. Yeah, I really liked it overall. I didn't think it was as strong as Action Comics 1000, but not every issue can have the last story be by a guy who has been writing for Marvel up until now. Yeah. So I don't fault it for that reason, but it's, it's still a really strong, I would say, graphic novel more than it is just an issue. Uh, I like the... I love all the short stories in it. I like sort of the concepts of a lot of them that were taking it in new places and not just rehashing uh, Batman stuff. But at the same time, uh, maybe I liked a lot of the other ones that were paying homage to the stories that came before. Yeah, so, this yeah, it's it's sometimes tricky uh, with with issues like this, but I think they did find a balance of uh, uh, celebrating the past um, and and also uh, looking into into the future. So that that was a yeah. that was a pretty good mix there. Okay, so our first uh, our first story is Batman's longest case, and that's the Snyder Capullo one. Um, and th- these guys have had a, a lengthy run together um, in the New Fifty Two and uh, also in the Rebirth. Um, so they're no uh, they're no strangers to the Batman world. Uh, what did you think here? This is my favorite, my favorite story of all of the whole issue. It's mm-hmm. so well paced, and uh, it's it just it reads so well. There's a it's, it's text heavy, but not in a way that draws it o- away from Capullo's great work and uh, Galapion's inks and um, you know FCO Placencia, his colors. You know, it's just it's just tight team. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they got it down to how to tell the story. I and mean, it's also got that great obscure Snyder knowledge about the glass in there, mm-hmm. you know, and he could be totally BSing like the whole thing, but I would believe it. I'm like, yeah, of course that kind of thing. I, yeah, that glass is only found in marbles and stuff like that. But at the same time, that's the kind of cool stuff you go for a detective comics issue. So it's mm-hmm. a great way to start it out with like an actual interesting mystery where only the world's greatest detective would be able to realize that a certain glass isn't the right one. And it basically ends up being like, you know, the, the final clue at the end with the typewriter is so obscure mm-hmm. and it's knowledge as well. It's just, it's what I look forward to when I pick up a Batman story by Snyder. But then at the same time, he's got this great tie into the rest of the DC universe that he's so good at as well at the end. Um, so the story is just, I can't, I can't tell you, like, say enough about the story, but also the art, you know, Capullo's one of those guys who's just, he hasn't lost a step in his whole career. You know, he's just a good, he's a good penciler. He's great at composition. He knows how to lead your eye around the page. And uh, I especially love this uh, almost Bendis style spread. Um, it's the second page, you mm-hmm. know, but at the same time, it's got this great, flawless composition leading your eye around to each panel across the way so that I never got tripped up on how to read the page. Um, just again, I can't say enough about how great this was. We could probably do a whole episode just talking about these six pages. Um, yeah. They're so well paced. It's just something I think everybody should, 
should read. And it also, it takes Batman in a new direction because I would be like, you know what? This is how, like, it was like, it's a great way to begin it. But at the same time, I thought this would have been a way more interesting way to end it also, you know? I mean, I like the Arkham Knight thing. I'll be interested to see where they go with that. But actually, I liked how this one ended, and I would rather see where they would go with this. Um, now, do yeah. you think they might be setting up uh, anything um, in the future with this this room of books uh, that they that they'll, they'll they'll come back to it? And not that Batman has a has a ton of free time on his hands, but uh, if he gets some free time, does he? Uh, open up these books and, and look for something to try to solve like a, like a cold case or something. You think they'll, they'll go back to that. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. And I think they would, I think so. Snyder's not one to abandon anything, especially with how much he was setting up uh, stuff in like for metal mm-hmm. back in like Batman issues and things like that, you know? Um, yeah. And, and with this crew that's here, uh, you can almost do like a, uh, like a team up. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, one time he goes out with, uh, you know, Martian Manhunter. One time he goes out with, uh, with, with Hawkman, you know, uh, you could, you could, you could team them up on, on different stories based on, uh, whichever, uh, tome or whichever novel, or I guess not novels, uh, you know, uh, books that, uh, that Batman decides to, to look at and investigate. Yeah, is the guild something that's appeared before in DC Comics? Uh, that if it if it did, I, I'm not aware of it. Okay, because again, that does sound like something that they would. Yeah, it would be a great story to have uh, the guild to be a, like its own issue and have it be led by Batman. But yeah, what do you think of this issue? This this six pages. Uh no, I I enjoyed it. Uh, you, you know, you you definitely get the you know the the first half is is the mystery and um you know following the clues and then you get a reveal that it wasn't really uh you know it wasn't really what it was it was just sort of like a a, a test and they were all surprised that it, it took uh took batman so long to to figure it out um so no i no i enjoyed it were you worried it was a surprise party for his birthday or something like that because that's what I was worried about. I was like, "Oh no!" Um, that, but uh, yeah, no, that uh, you know, um, that would have been uh, that would have been that would have been, I think, uh, too silly for 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 this. Yeah, it would have been, and, and it kind of comes up later in Jeff Johns' uh, story, and I always thought that was a little cheesy that it ended on that. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, let's move on to Kevin Smith and Jim Lee's. Okay. Yeah. So their story is called Manufactured for Use. Uh, and like we said, this is a Kevin Smith, Jim Lee. Um, and I'll go back and in the show notes and I'll give credit to all of the, the letterers and the inkers and the colorists. But um, this is uh, this is a story of, of Batman tracking something down from his from his past. Um, and it allows it allows sort of a. Uh, a flash or you know the to go through some of uh batman's batman's rogues and and fighting um uh, i guess we've already said that we're going to discuss spoilers so he's going to get uh joe chill's gun uh the mm-hmm. gun that was used to to kill his his parents he he then melts it down and uh turns it into a bit of a, a bit of armor under his his chest plate um what are your thoughts here this one was touching, I think. 
it, it focused i liked how the the mystery of snyder and capullo's story was followed up with the crime fighting aspect and i think you get a very well-rounded view of batman in those two things mm-hmm. um and if you stopped right here you'd, you'd actually i think I, after these two i was like oh that was worth the ten dollars that i paid for it you know just in those first two stories being so phenomenal and again lee at his best again this another artist who is not overrated in any way whatsoever mm-hmm. and i i was really surprised when i turned a page and i was thinking i was like okay this sort of feels like a a Bendis story, but at the same time, it's not. Um, and then I turned, I was like, it was Kevin Smith. And I was like, I get it. You know, I can see like, you know, someone who like loves Batman as much as he does, but still has sort of like a weird past. And like, you know, mainly the one where. And in this one right here in that like i'm like oh yeah that's a really cool thing to add to his origin that his breastplate is made out of the the gun that like that killed his parents and i was like that's something that's really cool character wise but also it fits with batman um his character and uh yeah i really liked it i also like you know the exchange between alfred and batman in that one panel Mm-hmm. you know where he talks about the penny and the and the uh and the dinosaur like i like that yeah you know that 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 that's sort of i was like oh yeah that's a kevin smith humor looking back you know um but at the same time it's very funny and um yeah it's just it's one of those things where it, it strikes the balance of uh giving some new insight into batman but also retreading the old ground as well to do that so i liked it i really liked it but yeah what did you think? Uh, I enjoyed it. I do have one sort of uh, one sort of nitpick to to make. Um, thinking this, thinking about this, maybe thinking about this a little bit too much. Uh, this this fence has all of the all of this all of this villain tech in here. Yeah. And so Bruce Wayne's uh, plan here is to dress up as Mashes Malone and go in there and pay the fence money for the gun and then to 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 leave and to leave this up op- maybe he goes back later leaves his operation intact seems to me that if batman knew where joe chill's gun was he wouldn't go in there in disguise and pay the man money for for the item yeah. it seems like batman would have busted through the window punched people in the neck took what he wanted and shut the place down. Um, maybe he does go back later, but I just felt that was a little, that was a little out of character for, for Batman, but um, it does yeah. allow, it does allow you to tell the story and give you a bit of the, 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 well, no, I guess you could still have the same ending if, if Batman showed up and busted the place up and took what he wanted so i just uh yeah well especially he wouldn't just take the gun if he was batman because like freaking jervis touches hats in there like you know harley quinn's hammers in there um firefly's helmet and stuff like that i'm like this is dangerous stuff he's yeah. got like some poison ivy things in there it's like if anyone else stumbled upon this place you know it'd be dangerous so yeah batman it would totally be in character for batman to go in there and be like 
okay, it's a raid. I'm taking all this stuff away from you. And then he wouldn't have to worry about covering up, you know, that Bruce Wayne's gun was a part of that as well. So Yeah, or, or maybe just uh, he gets the gun and then he just tips off Gordon that this place is here. Go, go shut it down. Yeah, um, exactly. So uh, that that was just that was just uh, a storytelling nitpick I had there, but uh, that's a uh, good point. Yeah. Uh, anytime I get to see Jim Lee draw Batman, I'm I'm happy though. So same, same. Yeah, Batman and Superman, anything Jim Lee, I'm just I'm very happy. Uh, this is just prime Jim Lee and Scott Williams and Alex Sinclair. You know the dynamic trio of yeah. Batman. Okay, so that takes us, uh, I think that's going to take us to our next story, which is, which is the Paul Dini story. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Paul Dini and Dustin Wynn on, on pencils. Um, and this is the legend of Newt Brody. Uh, I, believe yeah. I, said, I believe I said that right. Uh, yeah. what, do you, what do you think here? I like how cartoony it is. It feels like an episode of Batman, the animated series, mm-hmm. which I like. So immediately when I started reading this, I knew it was Paul Dini. And uh, I love Dustin Nguyen's art as well. I'm, I'm happy to, I'm always happy to see him pencil. Um, I like, I would have loved to see him paint all of this, of course, but I am always happy to see his art in something. It's very fun. I think it's very, uh, it's very, it treads that ground of being childish, which uh, maybe sort of lightens it up after the last two being kind of dark, but at the yeah. same time, the last two weren't too dark. So this was a little cartoony. It's a little fun. Um, it's very playful, like the animated series is, and uh, I like it. I like it. It's fun. Yeah, it was. It was cool to have this uh, this henchman that uh, is is here in all of these mm-hmm. different uh, these various uh, various things that go wrong, and then we we get a reveal of of why those things might've been going wrong. So no, I, no, I enjoyed it. And I agree with you that uh, you want to have a mix of uh, lighthearted and, uh, and, and serious storytelling here. So um, I I did enjoy this one as well. And it's so freaking lighthearted and so happy. And then the next one by Warren Ellis and Becky Cloonan is like the darkest, dismal, violent, uh, Batman that we all love. Yes. Yeah, so this one is called Batman by Design, and as you said, this is the the Warren Ellis Becky Cloonan um, story. Um, I like this one a lot. I have to admit, and no surprise, based on the two parties and or the two main parties involved, Ellis and Cloonan, you get a major Punisher vibe here. Um, yeah. This is this. I mean, there's not a ton. Well, there is, but you know, it's very easy to um, sort of interchange Batman and the Punisher mm-hmm. in some ways. But uh, I, I enjoyed this. This was a straight up action tale. Um, uh, you know, this this one was a serious one. This one was the you know the the Hollywood blockbuster, um, but it, it it was pretty great. Yeah, I love the action in here. Again, another one we could probably just do a whole episode on. Yeah, on how well it does the action uh, throughout. And Warren Ellis is such a great writer of action sequences, and Becky Clinton's a great drawer of action sequences. So, 
yeah, but this does tread the line of like Batman doesn't kill, but he sure as heck will like put you in the hospital. Yeah. And uh, that's sort of brought up throughout that like Batman will like take it to the limit of like not killing you. Um, it's a, it's a great story. I love how Becky Cloonan draws smoke and fire and explosions. So having a lot of that in there is awesome. And also she draws Batman's cape phenomenally. Yeah, and this one is colored by by Jordi Belair, and she does yes, she does a great, great mix, there. a great mix of, uh, you know, you have, you have night scenes that feel cool and dark, and then you know mm-hmm. when the explosions go off, you 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 almost feel the warmth of those, uh, you know, the the fire and the smoke and the explosions going off. So there's a great uh, great palette, uh, you know, I guess maybe two palettes there, a dark palette and then yeah. a lighter palette. So no, that, well, this. Yeah, I was just saying. Looking through it now, there's a there's a shift. It's like a gradient shift as you turn the pages from like green, like turquoise blues mm-hmm. into full on red and orange, and it's yeah. it's great. And most likely by design, I think I can't imagine that the that Warren Ellis and Jordi Belair and uh, and Becky Cloonan weren't thinking about that while they were doing it. It's very expressive too, which is very, that's Jordi Belair's mm-hmm. strong suit. It's just the colors being more expressive than realistic. And uh, it's great. Okay. So let's, let's move to the next story, which is Return to Crime Alley. Um, and this is a Denny O'Neill and Steve Epting uh, story. Um, why don't you go ahead and, and talk about this one? This one, so this one and the Neil Adams and Christopher Priest one, which they comes right after, kind of blow my mind. Because I, if I was thinking that if anybody was going to pair up for a Detective Comics 1000, I wondered why Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams didn't do that. That's very because, true. Because, like, the next story, like, it's so interesting, is that this story feels like something written by Christopher Priest, the one with Steve Epting. Um, like, it, it's, it's darker. It's very, like... You know, it's it's got this moodiness to it that Christopher Priest does really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, again, he's not too dark and too moody. He still has that sort of like uplifting message at the end. And it's sort of maybe more simplified storytelling and things. Um, and then the one after it, uh, the, the Neil Adams and Christopher Priest one is probably my least favorite of all of these. And it's, it's just a mess, I think, um, as far as storytelling goes. So I was like, I would expect that from like, you know, you know, it's interesting. Like I, I kind of expected that from Neil Adams, just sort of what he's become as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't expecting Denny O'Neill to deliver such a good script um, this late in the game. And um, I was happy to be proved wrong because I wasn't expecting it. I mean, I, I knew Epting was going to bring his A game and he yeah. did. Um, but I did not expect Denny O'Neill to tell such It's got Daniel Neal's very simplified way of telling, but it's got a good beginning, middle, and end, which, again, the one following with Christopher Priest and Neil Adams does not. So yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting to see how Daniel Neal hasn't lost a step. I keep saying that throughout this podcast, but he hasn't lost a step in his script. In his writing style, his writing, uh, you know, just... Uh, it seems like his uh, his principles with writing a story, even if it's a short story, it's got a great 
got a great message to it as well about like Batman's anger, which kind of fits with the story previous, you know, as well. Cause it's all about maybe Batman giving into his rage too much, uh, could be damaging to innocent people. Yeah. So. Um, no, it's, 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 it's an interesting way to, to, to look at Batman sort of going, uh, going up to that line and, and not crossing it. Um, mm-hmm. and he's very dangerously, um, close to crossing that. And I wonder how much, um, the, you know, where he is, the fact that a gun's being pulled on, on somebody he cares about so much, um, in that spot where he lost his parents, um, is, you know, just almost that, that little bit that that's needed to, to, to push him over the edge, but he, but mm-hmm. Batman and, and he doesn't, um, and, you know, uh, I, you know, the last, the last, uh, um, the last two panels where, uh, where Batman says, you feel sorry for him. And she says, no, uh, uh, for you, um, mm-hmm. you know, Batman is a super cool character. Um, but actually, you know, it wouldn't really be that, that cool to be, to be Batman. Cause you'd have to deal with all of all of that rage, all of that guilt and, and, and stuff like that. So that's, uh, that's an interesting way to sort of remind the, remind the reader that, you know, for as cool as Batman is, there's, there's, there's still all the, the, the bad stuff that goes along with being Batman. It's very clever of Epting to end on that panel. And it's basically a mirror, like, you know, composition of the like year one, um, Bruce in the spotlight with his two parents laying around him and stuff mm-hmm. like that. This time it's Batman looking over the violence that he's committed. Yeah. So that's a really cool, like, like, Oh wow. Like way to like, you know, really hammer it in at the end, you know? Yeah. Um, I love that. Okay. So let's go to, we, and we've talked a little bit about this one, the, 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 the priest Adams uh, story, uh, heretic. Um, this one delves into to to Batman's past. Um, you've talked a little bit about this, but do you want to do you want to expand upon that, or 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 do you feel like you've you've said your piece? Uh, just again, there could be a whole podcast complaining about this story. Uh, like if uh, uh, this one was just, it hurt my head to read. I don't know how you felt about it, but like. It was bad. It's, it's bad. Um, it's, I don't under, first off, what is Bruce Wayne? Uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't know where to begin. It's, uh, it's just stupid. Um, but what do you think of it? You go ahead. It's, okay. Yeah, it definitely does have, it definitely does have some problems. It, uh, you know, the, it starts off with a, with, with a cool premise that, you know, bodies found, with a Wayne, with a Wayne tech, um, foundation card on it. You know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of mystery that, you know, you could, you could go into, but then some of the storytelling choices are, are a little bit strange. Um, Batman and Ra's al Ghul just sort of having a conversation is, is weird. Like those two dudes should be, punching each other, sword fighting each other, fighting each other. They yeah. shouldn't, uh, they shouldn't be having a, uh, 
you know, a, a conversation um, and just sort of, um, you know, being able to, to, to walk away from each other. So that, that's, that's a little, uh, that's a little, uh, a bit of a, again, a bit of a weird storytelling choice. Yeah, there's not much detective work going on in this story. There's a lot of going to this place and talking and yeah. then going to this place and talking. And then Batman crashes the Batmobile into, and you don't even see him crash the Batmobile into Ra's al Ghul's limo. You just see the aftermath. And then he talks to Ra's al Ghul. And then he goes to, uh, he goes back to Asia and he talks. And that's mm-hmm. all he does the whole time. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Uh, 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 uh. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I think we've I think we we've covered that. So let's uh, yes. Let's 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 be a little bit more positive and discuss the yeah yes. Bendis the Bendis Malieve story called I Know. Um, I love that one. Okay. Uh, why don't you? Uh, I'll let you lead us off again here. I liked this one. I was uh, I was a I, I kind of um. I don't know what to think about this one, like where, what it's trying to say, you know, um, I kind of wish it had maybe a little longer to, to say what it had, it had to say, but you know, mm-hmm. art's a home run script is a home run, but like it's, it's message, it's impact. I think it needed more time to flesh out. Um, but that's just what I think. I, I, I do think it's pretty good though. Like I think it's, it, it was definitely nice to have something, like that was better paced than the last story and the storytelling actually being good. Mm-hmm. And um, again, treading kind of like the Kevin Smith story, treading old ground, but having something new to say about Batman, which is pretty great. And I also think that the penguin is one of those great underutilized characters. So I was happy to see that he got a huge representation in this story as well. Um, yeah, I really liked it. It's good. It's it's kind of it's it's good Bendis, you know. Yeah. No, I I I liked it. Um, uh, anytime I could see Alex Malieve draw draw Batman. Um, yeah. I'm 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 I'm, I'm thrilled. Um, I do like I do like the story, um, and it's kind of interesting how. Um, the penguin is able to to put some put some clues together to to, to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I do have a little bit of a problem thinking that penguin would have gone through his entire career, become an old man, and had it uh, without ever either at one point selling off the information or or, mm-hmm. or using the information to try to gain gain the advantage. Um, but yeah, it, it's still kind of cool the way the way he does it. I just think that if he did have that information, he would have used it to to his advantage. Um, right. Yeah, because I could see the Joker doing something like this, and there are there are comics where they've said that where he's like, "Yeah, I knew the whole time," but what fun would it have been to, you know, to do this? And it kind of makes sense with why the Penguin does it is because he's all about you know people owing him things, mm-hmm. you know. So it kind of makes sense that he's all about like having control over people. And uh, maybe that's his one principle is having control. And so he likes the idea that he could have at any time 
told anyone that who Batman really is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of why I would have liked to have seen a longer story. Like I would have liked to have seen this done in 21 pages and stuff like that. Maybe sort of tie that to maybe more of how who Penguin is and why he wants control over people and how he can exercise this certain control through his knowledge and things. So I don't know. That's just my opinion. I okay. do, like I said, like you said, believe... Yeah, we. Just, I want to see more of his stuff, and especially with Batman, it's it's just awesome. Okay, and and I do have one question about how this ends. Are we supposed to infer that they're these two guys are at some sort of the that Wayne Manor's been converted to some sort of old folks' home that they're that they're <laughs> both re, that they're both residents of? I mean, yeah. he's out here in the wheelchair. And the penguin comes up from from the shoreline, and then there's these. Are these guys like orderlies that 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 run over? Or are they yeah. <laughs> employees of of Wayne? That uh, I, I I don't know. I just that could have been explained a little bit better. I just I just kind of felt like they were they were two retirees at the same retirement home, which which happened to be Wayne Manor that got converted. That that I, that could have used a little bit of an explanation, but. Uh, uh, two armed employees though yeah so yeah they're, they're, they're carrying guns so i don't know like you know, maybe maybe bruce in his later years takes up some security at his house just for this reason in case someone ever figured out and tried to yeah Okay, so let's um, let's just continue where we were. Okay. Um, so uh, so let's uh, let's move. I think we we covered that. Let's move into the to the Johns and Kelly Jones story, uh, the last crime in Gotham. Um, this one was the one that that had the birthday party. So why don't you mm-hmm. uh, why don't you go ahead and start us off here? It's it's cool. I like how it's sort of an homage to uh, the Long Halloween. Uh, it kind of makes some references there, and uh, I, I like Kelly Jones. Uh, is it is it a her or is it a he? I don't know. I don't want to presume. I actually I th- I'm trying to think. I think I've heard him on an interview. Uh, so I think it's I think it's a male. I, I think it's I think it's it's okay. It's a he. Yeah, I, I like his style. It's very '90s indie, sort of that image era, like Sam Keith kind of style. Yeah, I can um, see that. I like his artwork, and um, it's different for Jeff Johns to be paired with someone like that. So the story is a little more loose, like the style. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a cool uh, flash forward story for Batman. Um, I like it. Yeah, it's it's a little weird, but at the same time, I think that sort of go, goes with the territory. Uh, I almost thought at first uh, it almost feels like almost like a Grant Morrison Batman story. So it feels like Jeff Johns trying to do Grant Morrison almost. Yeah, I could I could, um, I could see that. Yeah, that's my thoughts on it. I'm like I'm kind of like 
half and half. Like, yeah, I think parts of it are good. Other parts of it are okay. You know, it's, it's fun. I like the interaction between the whole bat family. Yeah. So let me, uh, uh, just one sort of final thought as we, um, as we, we finish this one up, do you think Batman can ever be happy at the end? Mm. Like, yeah. Without, I, without all these guys to, to drive him. I feel like, uh, I feel like, uh, he would have, he would have a bit of a hard time. Um, uh, maybe that, that would be an interesting story that, you know, uh, for, for somebody to do sometime that if he, if he ever was able to eliminate his rogues gallery, how would he, how would he then deal with, uh, you know, having all of that drive and, and nowhere to, to, to focus it. Yeah. Specifically the Joker, Yeah, you know, and, uh, it ends with the, you know, the Joker card in the background and that's sort of always the theme is that can both of them exist without the other? Mm-hmm. And uh, most throughout the comics, it's a, uh, you know, it's the, the, a lot of like more cynical writers would say no, but I think, I don't know. I think, I, I think, yeah, I think Batman, I'd like to see, you know, as much as it is sort of a, a silly, stupid ending to a franchise that otherwise wasn't silly and stupid. I do kind of like the ending of dark Knight rises for Batman, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of like the idea that he might go off and start a family, you know, like, you know, just that sort of his final nail in the coffin of uh, avenging, like getting justice for his parents is that he gets to go off and live a normal life, you know, even though it was sort of ripped away from him at a young age. Um, I think, yeah, I think Batman is, is not just he, yes, he can, but I think, yeah, he, he should be, you know, he should end up, you know, happy. Yeah. Um, I think that's something I think that that if he didn't, I don't I think everything that he does would be for nothing, um, because I think that's that sort of what the end, the end of his his quest should be, because he wants to, you know, prevent what happened to him to happening to anyone else. So either he dies being Batman or he actually ends up having a family. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Or, or that, or if if he did eliminate all of his rogues gallery, that 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 drive and that focus, um, he could he could put that in another direction. You know, you know, yeah. into Wayne Tech, and Wayne Tech starts to develop all of these things to to improve the to improve the 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 lives of citizens around around the world. So, right, and there's always going to be a need for Batman. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's sort of, uh, I like how his personification is in Kingdom Come, you know, like where he can't really fight anymore, but he's sort of set up the, 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 the way to keep Gotham City safe, you know, and that one's got a lot of loaded uh, criticism of Batman in it, but you know, in a good, if you're looking at Batman as a good superhero, he would find a way to always keep Gotham City safe. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the to the James Tinney and the the fourth story. Um, this is this is one that really sort of delves into to the relationship of uh, of Batman and 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 Richard Grayson. Um, what do what do you think here? Forgettable. I don't think it really says anything new. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's still, but it's still well composed and really nice to look at. It's kind of a forgettable story. 
but again, it basically just treads ground that we already know about. So in that case, it's a great monument and it shows James Tenyon's love for Batman mm-hmm. and the family. Yeah. And so I think that's heartwarming. But other than that, it's, it, it didn't give me anything new. I love um, Alvaro Martinez uh, Bueno's pencils and uh, Raul Fernandez's inks. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And again, um, Brad Anderson, I like to see him represented in anything. He's such a great colorist. Um, so he's, yeah, you got, you got everything great about this artwork here. And I love how flawlessly all this uh, legacy of Robin is packed into each page, especially mm-hmm. the second page where you see like basically the whole history of Robin. Um, I guess it's the two pages that you see the whole history, but it's, it's effortlessly to the place where it doesn't feel like the pages are crowded. And I think part of that is due to the pencilers work and the anchors work, but also I think Brad Anderson knows how to color things well and to blur certain things and have other things fade into other things as well. Um, and it's, uh, it, it's done really well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely sort of a, uh, a, a love letter to, 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 to Nightwing and, and Richard Grayson here. Not, nothing, definitely. nothing, 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 uh, nothing, uh, groundbreaking as you said and that's going to take us to to the to the next story which is written by somebody i think we've talked about a few times on this podcast yeah a guy we hate so much we hate him a lot this is this is this is tom king's story um and he has a he has a couple of artists here he has uh tony daniel and jolie jones um why don't you go ahead and and start us off here it's great. It's just good Tom King script, you know, and a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's a long it's a six page conversation with a sweet ending, and uh, it's sort of self referential to stuff. It's kind of tongue in cheek with the things that have been going on with Tom King's stuff, referencing the wedding and other parts, and and uh, I think they even bring up how everybody has died at some point things and they bring up kite man Mm -hmm. uh you know it's 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 everything you'd expect from a tom king script um it's not bad it's not tom king's best either but it's it's still fun so this can't be in current and and i know this is a anthology um with with elseworld stories but uh, this can't be this can't be current uh, Tom King universe where Batman would just pose for a picture with Selena Kyle and be like, "Hey, yeah. you know, don't we have anything we need to uh, we need to discuss?" So, uh, but I, I I did enjoy it and I agree with everything you uh, you said you said there. Yeah, it's great. It's it's again, it's like the last story. It's Tom King is such a he has such a great love for Batman. And you can see that in, in all his scripts, especially this one. You know, he, he loves this character so much. And mm-hmm. he, he loves the artists that he works with enough to have them, even though it's a lot of dialogue, it's fun. It's the whole family photo. Mm-hmm. I guess that's, that's got to be like, if I was Tony S. Daniel, this is the highlight of my career right here. You know? Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's bring this to a close with with the final story, and this is the 
Uh, Peter J. Tomasi, Doug Mankey um, story called Medieval. uh, Medieval. And this is uh, this is a series of uh, splash pages that uh, uh, sort of take you one by one through a lot of Batman's rogues. Um, And it's a great way for uh, Mankey to show off his 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 skills um i i i love the art here the mm-hmm. um and then and then we get a reveal on the last page of uh of it that it's that the that the arkham knight is now in uh in the dc universe so what do you what do you think here about this last story yeah every splash page is frameable with the exception of the mr freeze page i think um and that there's some perspective issues so if you look at the policeman, uh, there's a policeman in front of Mr. Freeze, but he's significantly smaller than Mr. Freeze is. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like you can tell like he should have drawn him a little bigger. So that's my only complaint about the whole thing. Other than that, it reads really well. Peter J. Tomas is a really great writer. Doug Mankey's a really great artist. He's got so much life in his drawings. Yeah, Probably my favorite splash page is either the one with, uh, I don't know, it's hard to pick a favorite. I like the one where it's just a close-up of the eye mm-hmm. and Batman's bloody fists beating up whoever it is. Um, yeah. It's a great, it's a great, very well done, well drawn. Each splash page has a lot of detail to it, again, but also great composition. They not only work really well on their own, but they also do a great job leading you into the next page and off into the next one. So it's just... Yeah, it's really well done. Like, you know, clearly there's a lot of thought put into each splash page, but also into how it moves the story along throughout the whole issue as well. So just great design work on Doug Mankey's part. Yeah, um, I, I, I liked it too. I have a question for you on the, mm-hmm. the freeze page. Did they, get, uh, did they get Murphy to come in there and draw the, <laughs> the, 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 the wife uh, in, the, in the frozen uh, or in the, in the shell? Because that, that looks a lot like... Uh, yeah I like his work there looks like um, mankey's been looking at some murphy yeah yeah um so uh that's that's the last story um and that's how how they close it out um what do you think about the the fact that they've they've brought a new character into the into the universe yeah you know whatever it's uh i'm sort of indifferent to it i'm like yeah okay uh I, I mean, I'm, I'm always interested to see where they'll go with it, of course. Um, it didn't excite me enough uh, to be like, oh, I'm going to be lined up for her action comics from 1001. Uh, but at the same time, I'm interested to see where they'll go with it. Um, yeah. Especially because in the game, uh, spoiler alert for Arkham Knight if you haven't played it, but in the game, from what I understand, Arkham Knight is Jason Todd in that universe. So he's basically the Arkham Knight first, and then he becomes the Red Hood. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I don't know. I, I'm guessing they're going to change that because in current continuity, everybody knows Jason Todd is the Red Hood. So I'll be interested to see who the Arkham Knight is. If it's gonna if it's gonna lead to something like Hush, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would I wouldn't put it past Peter J. Tomasi to write something as good as Hush because he's a really good writer. And he did. Uh, I was really sad. I mean, I'm happy. Bendis wrote Superman, but I thought Tomasi was doing great on Superman. Yeah. So I th- I'm a, yeah. 
No, it's definitely something that they can they can they can draw out the mystery of of who yeah. is on, under the mask for for a while. So, yeah. Um, do you have? Uh, I think we we've we've covered this pretty well. But do you do you have any 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 final thoughts you you want to bring up? Uh, not much. Um, I have to say, uh, even though I was comparing it a lot to Action Comics One Thousand, I have to say the covers for this were a lot better than Action Comics One Thousand. Um, I love that, uh, that Jock got a, an actual, uh, cover instead mm-hmm. of just sort of like a, like a variant of a variant basically that was only in like select stores and stuff like that. So, um, I, I, I was very happy to pick up Jock's cover as well. Cause I think I love his artwork so much. So it's, a, it's a, I would, I would like to have all the covers though, because they're all pretty awesome. Yeah, I have the I have the third eye exclusive one right now. Which even um, that is awesome. Yeah, so that's, that's uh, Carrie, Carrie Andrews, um, and uh, the Del Otto one was was pretty awesome yeah. as well. Yeah, I, it was really hard. I mean, I love Jock, but Capullo's was really great. Even the main one with Jim Lee was phenomenal. Yeah. So it's it's just it's uh, this this time around the covers each all the variants would have been cool to own. So yeah. yeah, okay. So I'm we're uh, we're gonna bring it to a close here. Um, and, but before we do, I want to take care of a little bit of business. Um, uh, there's gonna be an Indiegogo for the Why Faith anthology this month. Awesome. Um, and I have a story in there. Um, and this month, when I say this month, I'm talking about April of uh, 20, 2019 and also. Uh, Noah and I have a story in the My Kingdom for a Panel uh, anthology, which is going to be on Kickstarter this month as well. So we're going to probably be letting folks know when when those are when those are out. Um, and if you could go on iTunes and give us a rating or review, um, help others find the show, uh, we'd really appreciate it. And if you want to give us a follow on Twitter, we are at Construct Compod. Instagram, we are at Constructing Comics Pod, and we are on Facebook um, at uh, at uh, con- I'm sorry, Facebook.com slash Constructing Comics, and we'll put up some more images for for this. But uh, that that's it for our episode 25 and Detective Comics uh, 1002, two milestones uh, in the making. So yeah. I'd like to like to thank everybody for for listening and we'll be back with a, another episode soon